stand to reasons? Hashtag STRask podcast with Amy Hall and Greg Kokel. Welcome, listeners, and welcome, Greg. Thank you, Amy. All right, Greg, I've got your favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have to laugh because we're off bass fishing in the spring. (laughs) We got um, a, a couple of questions that actually have a few different questions in them, and they're all about prayer. Which I know. Oh, I see. Yeah, I know you. You always hesitate because you say my expensive expertise in the topic. <laughs> but let's hear what you have to say to Josh. Here's his question: Is God more likely to answer prayer if more people pray? If so, how is this theologically sound? If not, why ask people to pray? I don't know. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so this goes to the calculus of prayer. Okay. And uh, that is, how does all the f- details of intensity and frequency and numbers of people all add up to answered prayer? I have no idea. Um, when you when you think about, I think it was Dale Yancey, or not Dale, Philip Yancey. Dale Yancey's a guy from my past. Maybe he's listening right now as a pastor, <laughs> was a pastor in Vermont. But... Um, uh, if you Philip Yancey would talk about, look at all these thousands and thousands and millions of people, or God save the Queen, you know, or whatever. They say these kinds of what may be perfunctory prayers. I don't know, but what does that up to what? Does does that make any difference? Or then you have um, Elijah going up on the mountain after the prophets of Baal are slain in First Kings eighteen and. He prays seven times, and then finally the storm comes, you know, and then he hikes up his his robe, and he outruns a chariot, you know, so uh, because the rain is storming. So uh, I, I think sometimes there is an individual prayer that is prayed with intensity, and God responds. I think that there are dozens and dozens of prayers that can be prayed with intensity, and God doesn't respond. I, I, I think there can be lots and lots of people praying, and it makes a difference, and lots of people praying, and it doesn't. I, I, it just, it, it, I, I just don't know. We, we are told to pray, and uh, we, are, we are told to pray with, intense, with um, uh, alertly, keeping alert to it, with an attitude of thanksgiving, it's in First Timothy, I think, and the idea is that we are to pay attention to the things we're praying, and maybe what it means is so that when they get answered, we can say thanks, because a lot of times that just goes right by us. Um, definitely, we have examples of people praying in groups, and that's effective. In the book of Acts, you have Peter in prison, and everybody is devoting themselves to prayer. Now, when I think about Everybody in the upper room praying, praying, praying. I'm wondering, what are they saying? Is everybody praying at once, or is one person praying for everybody, and they're given the amen, which is an agreement? Well, you can't agree if you're not paying attention. And I find out when other people are praying, it's very easy for my mind to wander, so it isn't like I'm like locked into that prayer as much. But as it turned out, the corporate prayer even when, as John MacArthur once noted, it wasn't attended with much faith, it still got Peter removed, released, supernaturally, from prison. Now, why would I say there wasn't that much faith? Because when Peter came to the door and knocked, 
And the servant girl answered, and she said, it's Peter. They said, no, it isn't. It's his ghost. So they had no confidence that the prayer was being going to be answered, but they were praying intensely. So uh, I guess the the way I resolve all of this is I try to obey the commands, and I try to do the things regarding prayer that are said we ought to do, and then let God sort it out. So I want to pray on a regular basis. I pray almost every day and a little in the evening. As I'm getting getting into bed, I always pray. Now, if I'm working out of town, I got an early call at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, and I'm off. I'm not praying in the morning. I'm not getting up at 5 and praying, because I might have gotten to bed at 11 last, last, that night, 90 in my sleep. And so my evening prayer before I go to bed, on my knees right by my bed, that's what I'm kind of offering my prayer for the day, but it's not a very long prayer because I'm tired. But I am trying to thank God for the day that He gave me, and I review the things that happened and pray regarding those things, or just thank God for the satisfaction or the difficulties or the challenges that I face that He got me through. And there are opportunities we have to pray together as a team, so as a staff we pray together, and that is salutary in some measure, and so we do that. And I pray things that are told to be pray to pray, like in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, from the evil, provide for our daily needs. These are all prayers that I I toss out and pray there, and I so I try to pray largely the kinds of things that uh, I am told to pray for, and and try to devote myself to it in some significant measure, and then pray with others when there is opportunity. Uh, and when things come up, and I get an email, and I get bad news about somebody, whatever, we just got some bad news just 10 minutes ago, and I tossed this quick prayer up in my mind in the light of this. But then it's up to God to sort it out, and I, you know, I don't know how that all works. I think we the first thing we have to think about is why would God work through prayers at all? Because he obviously doesn't need us to pray in order to act, but he does work through prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, is it James that says you, you do not have because you do not right, ask, ask, right? And then you don't have, you ask but don't have because you ask with wrong motives, right? So God By is, the way, that's a verse that I go, the first part, all the time. You have not because you ask not. Say, God, that will never be said of me regarding these things that are important to my life, even though I've been praying for certain things for years and years and years. I just can't stop because I don't want that, to be accused of that. You never know when God's going to break through. Mm-hmm. So I can think of three different reasons why God is working through prayers. Number one, it creates intimacy with God because mm-hmm. we are pouring out our heart to Him we're experiencing that closeness. We're expressing our trust in Him. Uh, we're expressing our submission to Him because we're also saying, Your will be done. That this is what I, I want, but I'm submitting to you. There are all sorts of ways that it affects our relationship with Him. And again, He does work through prayers. That's the means that He uses. So it creates intimacy with Him, uh, with God. It also uh, creates fellowship with other people. So when we're praying with other people, we are 
experiencing that fellowship. And, and God wants to make us into a body. He wants us to be close to each other. He wants us to be intimate with each other in our in our prayers and our lives and all these things. So um if if oh I I almost forgot the third thing. So the third thing that praying does is it brings God glory because when when we receive the thing we asked for, we know it came from God. Mm-hmm. So as we're praying and we see God working, we not only increase our intimacy, but we also increase our thankfulness. We we glorify God for it. So if that's true in for one person, imagine like the more people you have doing that, the greater the fellowship with God, the greater the fellowship with each other, the greater the glory that we give to God, the more people participate in seeing God work. All of those things are beautiful things. So I think those are all good reasons to ask people to pray with you and to pray with more people. I don't know if that translates into God more likely to answer prayers if more people are praying, but if more people are participating in these things, maybe maybe it does. I don't know. Well, that's the calculus I was talking about, and that is the thing I think that concerns most people who are praying. They're praying to get an answer, to move God's hand, to change a circumstance, to get help, uh, or something that's vexing them. And these other things go along with it. Some people have characterized prayer as prayer isn't for God, it's for us, you know, and, and gave, it, it doesn't change God, it changes us. Well, that's part of what you were saying, and I think that is true. But but we are enjoined to pray in order to get answers, scripturally. We're not enjoined to pray to get changed. And so um, we are told to engage in prayer to accomplish a particular end. And, uh, you know, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then it says the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But um, so it says there is a consequence there. But I think the the reason that we're not to be anxious is because we're entrusting them to God with the expectation that God is going to do something in light of our prayer. So uh, that is a that is an important part of it as well, and that's the harder thing for me to figure out. You know, um, I, I I just yeah. So I that's why I get speechless when these questions are offered because uh, and and to me I just try to do what I'm told to do and let God figure the balance mm-hmm. out and. Um, you know, do make his decisions. Lewis said he um, he wrote a piece just before he died called uh, Letters to Malcolm, Chiefly on Prayer. And I'm not sure if in this book, I've read this book, but in this book, uh, he makes this particular point. When you're asking God for something, you are making a request of a person. It's not mechanical. It isn't like you're putting coins into a machine to get a product, and if you put enough coins in, once you hit the right number, then the product comes out. Um, You are making an appeal to an individual who can say no or yes or maybe and wait. And um, that individual can be influenced by a greater number of people. So, Prayers prayed in groups seem, you know, make a difference as well. So these are some of the pieces 
that I have, but it's hard to fit them together in a really tight, coherent program. And I think uh, Philip Yancey's um, book on prayer is one of the most honest I've ever read, because he identifies all of these difficulties and all of these problems with unanswered prayer. He's very, very candid about the struggle that he has and other people have with prayer. I've read a lot of books on prayer, you know, and uh, and but his is the one that it's not so much necessarily encouraging, but at least it, it seems to really capture the frustration that we have with uh, trying to make sense of how prayer works. I was trying to think if there was an example in the Bible of calling people to pray, and I can't think of examples in the Old Testament where the king would call the whole country fasting, yeah, to, to pray for for things. And it's in those instances, those were corporate type prayers. So it could be that he is more likely to answer a corporate type prayer when you're praying corporately. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, but that is an example. We do see people praying together and calling other people to pray. And so we should do it and then leave it up to God. What yeah. happens? Well, after you also that? have this other spiritual dimension. You don't have a lot of hints of this in scripture, but in Daniel, he is praying for something. And the answer to his prayer is delayed because the angel bringing the message encounters another demon that he fights with for three weeks or something. He's opposed. And you get the sense that it is Daniel's continuous, pardon me, Daniel's continuous prayer, persevering prayer that that enables the angel to get freed up to come and finish the mission that he's been sent on as a messenger. And uh, now, so that's just one little glimpse uh, in the in the unseen world about how prayer is working. And who knows? I wish we had more insight into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that suggests there are all kinds of things going on in the unseen world that our prayers are influencing. But there, you need to have a certain amount of prayer <laughs> to mm-hmm. accomplish the task. That's what it seemed to be in that case. And then the other occasion where the disciples, this is in Mark, are trying to cast out a demon. Jesus has the transfiguration. He comes down, and there's this man's son who's demon-possessed, and the disciples have not been able to cast it out. And uh, he said, this can only be cast out with prayer and fasting. So there is something about the duration and intensity and focus of prayer that mm-hmm. ends up having an impact on this spiritual entity. It is amazing that God has us participate in this way, because He didn't have to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And so I I think we need to trust that there's a reason for that, even if we can't work out all of the details. Mm-hmm. So I have a few more questions on prayer for oh, you, Greg. Okay. <laughs> So um, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Stephen Bennett sent in uh, a, a tweet that has three questions. The third one was the same one we just had. Uh, is having many people pray more effective than just one person praying? Uh, and the answer, quick answer, I suspect so. But, but I don't know yeah. how and why. Okay. Um, so the first two questions, okay. Number one, I have heard Christians say that they can feel someone's prayers for them. Is that biblical? And two, is praying at the particular time something is occurring more effective than otherwise? Well, the feel the prayer part is, is there's a difference between being unbiblical and non-biblical. Non-biblical 
the way I'm using the word, means the Bible doesn't address it one way or another. Unbiblical means the thing is being done contrary to Scripture, okay? And uh, and so the, the, this, this, you know, praying, I felt it. I, I mean, I don't recall any passage in Scripture where it acknowledges that. And of course, the the purpose of the prayer isn't for people to generally or frequently isn't to feel something, it's to have something done. Now, if a person is grieving and you're praying for mercy for that person from God, and that's probably the thing I pray for more than anything else regarding other people, is God to be merciful to that person. Because I don't know exactly what mercy looks like in that circumstance to pray more specifically oftentimes, but... I pray for mercy for them. And uh, this could have a subjective impact on a person. If a person, if you're praying that a person's spirit be lifted and they have a sense that they are being buoyed up in a special way, well, that would make sense. And I don't have any problem mm-hmm. with that. Um, so, because it's not non, it's not, it's not unbiblical, contrary to scripture, but it may be unbiblical. That is it. Scripture doesn't address it. And people have told me many times that if they're going into a situation and they don't know how they're going to face it and they're asking for prayers and then they have a sense of peace and calm as they're going into it, they they do have a sense that the prayers have made a difference. And mm-hmm. so I think that's what people mean when they say yeah. they're, they're feeling yeah. it. What was the other? So the second question is, is praying at the particular time something is occurring more effective than otherwise? Well, I don't know what otherwise would be, uh, because if if like you ahead wait, of time, I guess. Well, okay. Um, I don't know. If you wait until after the a, afterwards, it's hard. You know, it's reverse causation or something like that. You know. Um, <laughs> although there is an interesting detail, there's an interesting detail because if you're praying, and there are examples of this historically. People are praying at the table because they don't have food. It's an orphanage. Mm-hmm. They're praying, and then they finish their prayer, and then someone knocks on the door and leaves the food there for them. Now, of course, the answer to the prayer had to be initiated before the prayer was prayed. But mm-hmm. God knew the prayer was being prayed, and that's why he initiated the the action so that when the prayer was said— it was immediately answered with a knock on the door kind of thing. So that's different, okay? But uh, I don't I don't know that there's any value in delaying praying. And if you are forced to delay, you find out something way after the fact. There's the 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 person that you would pray for is still in maybe their circumstance, and so you can still pray in a certain sense contemporaneously with the need. So I I don't I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it, it just it, pray. <laughs> this is uh, I've written about this, but the first rule of prayer is to pray. It doesn't have to. You can, you you can have all kinds of patterns and things in the Lord's prayer and this that and the other thing acts adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication. You could do all kinds of things to help organize it. I've written things on it in our mentoring letters and stuff. But the fact is, the most important thing is to just pray. And so if I'm like like yesterday, you know, I sit down and I'm distracted by a bunch of stuff, I just 
got to start praying. And I just pray wherever I can start, which is on my mind. Same thing driving in today. I, I pray with those things that I can pray about. And uh, because if I try to do this artificial thing, I don't get what, what might be artificial to me in that moment. I might not get going very well, but if I have something right in my mind and I just jump into it, then I get praying and then I kind of get warmed up to it. It becomes more, uh, more uh, real to me in the moment. It's I'm more invested in it personally and emotionally. So that's why, to me, the first rule of prayer is to pray. And whenever you have an inclination to pray, don't put it off. Yeah, <laughs> do it when Jump you're thinking in. of it. Can't hurt. All right, Josh and Stephen, I don't know how helpful that was, but maybe it's helpful to know that we all try to kind of figure these things out. It's a struggle. Out. Every book that I've read on prayer acknowledges that prayer is a struggle, and whether it's uh, uh, um, Tim Keller that's writing, or whether it's Philip Yancey that's writing, or whether it's C.S. Lewis that's writing, or whether it's uh, uh, Who's the Welsh Preacher? Um it was a great prayer. Martin, 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 Martin Lloyd-Jones. They all acknowledge prayer is difficult. And one of them said, uh, I can't remember, I am loath, I am loath to go to prayer, and when I'm in prayer, I am loath to stay. So it's hard to get started and easy to stop, is his point. It's always a struggle. Does that sound familiar to you, well, that quote? No, I don't. I'm not familiar with that quote. It's another one of those greats that you would. Uh, maybe it's John Newton. I don't it know. It might have been. I know he had some things to say about it too. I have noticed though that the more I pray, the easier it gets over time. So it's always harder to start up if you haven't been praying for a while. It's always harder. And when I've been praying more faithfully and more, it gets easier over time. I don't know why that would be, but it's a good reason to create some sort of discipline in your mm -hmm. prayer so that you're not only praying when you have the inclination to pray. Right. And I think it does get better over time when you're being faithful. It's just hard sometimes. There's a sense of like having to overcome something. And I think this is just part of our fallen nature. Yeah. It reminds me of, of like working out, you know, when you start, say jogging or whatever. I don't do that anymore because of my back, but it's it's like, okay, you got to get out there and just pound pavement for a quarter mile before you start loosening up. And then the, then you get the endorphins and whatever. So there's a, but it's easy to stop, you know, and, uh, but it is easier to get going after you've been going for a while. And so in the same sense, prayer like that, you get going and as you get going, it gets easier, but it still is easy to stop. So, you know, fight the temptation. Um, I find sometimes it's really helpful to get started by praying right away with something I really care about. And if I'm praying right away with something about something I really care about, then I'm more emotionally invested in that prayer, and it kind of gets me going a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I do, if, if I'm not sure how to start, I will start saying thanks, because there are more references to being thankful in prayer in the New Testament than there are anything else, or examples of being thankful to God. Um, when prayers are prayed in the New Testament. So I just start thinking of every single—I give thanks for my Ford F-150. You know, it's like this is—I love my truck, and uh, my girls call it the bubble because it's nice and big and safe feeling. And and I, it, But it, it seems kind of like, well, that's kind of ordinary. Well, it's a place to start. I am thankful for that. I want to be thankful for the ordinary things, and 
I'm thankful for the trials and difficult circumstances in my life, and I just try to get thankful. That gets me going a bit. So if I can't think of any way to start, I start that way. I'll also start with singing. And um, I have an old songbook from Hope Chapel in the 70s. It's all Jesus movement music, and it is wonderful. The songs are wonderful. They have sweet melodies. They are Christocentric, theocentric, and a lot of them are appealing to God to do something in my life and make me more like Thee, Jesus, make me more like Thee. And so there's one. I can pray that from my heart. I can sing that from my heart. I can right away get into a connection with God there. And one other thing I do to get started if I don't have a good momentum is I get out my uh, Valley of Vision, Mm-hmm. And I go to my marker there where my next day of Valley of Vision, and I start praying that Puritan prayer for myself as much as I can with integrity, given the lines. Sometimes I skip lines that aren't me or aren't my theology or something, or I make a little adjustments with my pencil into it. But it's a, it, these are all ways of kind of getting going and getting into it, getting warmed up so that we can maintain the momentum with other of things that we're praying for or about. All right. Thanks, Greg. If you have a question for us, send it on Twitter with the hashtag STRask or go through our website on our hashtag STRask podcast page. You'll find a link there and you can send us your question. This is Amy Hall and Greg Kokel for Stand to Reason. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 